what women need to know about themselves. I've already gone over part of it, um, but early sexual arousal raises female sociosexuality. These girls that find themselves attracted to pornography and probably wouldn't have been in the past if they've had a sexual you know, experience as a young girl, and a lot of it may be abuse of some type, uh, you know, uh, something that they didn't choose themselves, but they were sexually aroused, makes them more um, vulnerable to that. The other, and this is a huge take home here, uh, this next thing I'm going to say is very, very big, and most people don't re- don't understand or realize it, but alcohol consumption raises women's uh, testosterone levels. Now, it raises both sexes' testosterone levels up to a point. If uh, Generally, the, the young men are drinking so much that it actually raises it to begin with and then lowers it because they, they over-drink the, the, the limit. doesn't seem to have any dose uh, requirement as far as raising women's testosterone levels. And so, um, so it raises their, their testosterone level, level. They're not used to it. They're not used to the effects of higher testosterone. And so a girl, young woman um, can really become a different animal, so to speak, uh, with, you know, while they're drinking as far as sex goes. Now, sex drive and sociosexuality, um, especially if she's not, if she's, if she's naturally uh, cycling, if she's not on any kind of birth control, hormonal birth control, and so her cycle is natural and she's anywhere near her ovulatory window, which is that, you know, day eight through about day 14. During that time period, if she's drinking, um, she may be, again, a whole different person somewhere on the same level with a high testosterone male. And and again, I think this is known by the like the fraternities and that type of thing on the college campuses. And that's why alcohol is such a, fa- a feature, you know, in, in all these parties and that type of thing. Um, even if even if uh, she's not drinking, that fertile window, the ovulatory window, whatever you want to call it. So if... Uh, her period starts is day one. Let's again, let's say day days five it ends, and then seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. That seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen is the time she's going to have that much higher sex drive than she she would normally. And women need to understand this and know this about themselves and realize that again, it's all subconscious or unconscious, however you want to ex- express it. They may not realize why they're doing the way that things the, the way they do them um anyway they dress more provocatively this research has shown they they're more flirtatious all of these different things again a lot of it is not um they're not self-aware uh, of it all right um females are much more vulnerable to all the bad things and again that's why again this whole feminism has been really hurt i think women in so many ways because it's taken them out of this natural place they've had of being honored as uh, you know again the, the sex that you you want to respect um you know treat them treat them with deference they've got something you you want as a young man and you're gonna have to marry him to get it and again all of it kind of works in that direction also you're probably gonna get married sooner if you can't get it otherwise a uh, younger age and and that's a positive as we're going to see here in just a second but Females' anatomy makes them much more vulnerable to STIs. The vagina has thinner skin. It's easier to penetrate by viruses and bacteria than the penis. The vagina's moist and warm environment lends itself to all kinds of bacterial growth. Witness yeast infections that women get and men almost never get. Um, When they do get an STI, oftentimes it's asymptomatic. And so they get pelvic inflammatory disorder, um, which turns them, many of them, infertile. 
uh, PID, they call it. Women on average have eight times higher HIV risk and then four times higher gonorrhea risk. The risk really, really goes up for HIV, though, if uh, anal sex is practiced for for either sex, but especially for women, because they have the choice of vaginal or, or anal sex. It goes up, HIV risk goes up 17 times uh, with anal sex. That's something almost nobody knows either. Now, here's a real kicker for y'all. <laughs> Young women's sexual behavior during these, these years affects their future health. You know, and this is... This particularly isn't what got me into this. It was the effect of the, their health on their babies. But this really spoke to me when I first learned this. Beginning, If they be, begin their menstruation early, it raises their, their risk of uterine cancer. So all these female reductive, reproductive cancers are influenced by this. And this probably isn't her fault, but our society's situation where we've allowed this uh, divorce at the rate we have, the situation where there's so many of our kids coming up in households where it's just the mom, um, or and, and mom and maybe uh, a boyfriend or stepdad. And what they found in the research is that an unrelated male in the household has a tendency to start her uh, start her menstruation earlier, and that again causes problems down the road for her as far as risk risk of cancer. So, as a society, if we could do something about that, that would help them. These innocent girls that would be healthier right off the bat if they have a mom and a dad biologically their parents uh, in in the, in the situation early promiscuity leads to higher chances of vaginal and cervical cancer so again early um hooking up leads to much higher chances of vaginal and cervical cancer this is where it really gets interesting none or minimal numbers of pregnancies and none or minimal breastfeeding raises the lifetime chances of developing over ovarian and uterine cancer and a lot of times ovarian is fatal, as you probably know. So the old school picture of because they're not having sex until they're married and, you know, they're, they're romantic, you know, again, they've got the hormones fully in place by 17 or 18. And they're getting married maybe at 19, 20, 21, 22. And the, the, the female's peak fertility is age 19 to 29. And the males is 24 to 26. They're hitting that peak fertility uh, time period by being married and starting to have children, having before, you know, uh, hormonal birth control and even, you know, before condoms, which was 1845 is when the condom was, was patented. So back most of our, most of our, our years, uh, that process of getting married younger, starting to have children younger, having more children, breastfeeding them, all of that's protective for for a female's reproductive cancer chances.